Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. And welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh, Minnesota Fats Clark. There's Chuck Butterface Bryant. Where's the couple of goons ready to break your thumbs, huh? Butterface. Yeah. I'm actually the opposite of Butterface. I'm a butter body. Yeah. <laughs> Those are what I came up with. That's good. I'll take it. Okay. You get the papers. Get the papers. This one is going to be lousy with Chuck's Italian impression. Oh, man. I want to go wait. ahead and um, apologize to the... Uh, Italian-American Anti-Defamation League. Actually, that is a serious COA, I wanted to say, because a lot of Italian-Americans get upset about things like uh, the uh, Sopranos being portrayed as gangsters. We're not saying all Italian-Americans are gangsters, but we're going to talk about the mafia. It's a real thing. And specifically, we're going to, when you say the mafia, even though it's used in all these different ways, right, it's it's specific to Italian uh, organized crime groups. Or Sicilian. Yeah. yeah. Well, Sicily's a part of Italy. Yeah, sort of. That's Sicilians, and they probably would say, not so much. Well, under modern geopolitics, it's a part of, uh, of Italy, right? I just wouldn't say that in Sicily. Well, if you want to talk about the mafia, even, even broadly, the Sicilian mafia is part of five total, right? Yes. Oh, we got going already, did you know? Yeah, I, I was like, <laughs> Wow. That's set up. Here we are. Yeah. You I mean, should we name those, or do you just want to get to those at the appropriate time? Did I throw you <laughs> off? No, I'm, I'm, I'll name them right now. Sicilian Mafia. The Camorra Mafia mm-hmm. from Naples. The Calabrian Mafia from Calabria. <laughs> right. Uh, the Sacra Corona Unita. Or Unita. <laughs> They're uh, recent. They are uh, based in the uh, Puglia region. Region? <laughs> It's getting out of hand already. <laughs> and La Cosa Nostra, which is, uh, that's a good place to start. Yeah. Because that's what's been, uh, come to be called the American Mafia. That is exactly right, Chuck. And that's the, our first bit of jargon we should cover, I think. It is grammatically incorrect. It is. You know? Uh, Cosa Nostra means our way, right? Yeah. Possibly our thing. Yeah. The FBI and I think the 60s were wiretapping, um, the American Mafia. Mm-hmm. They mentioned Cosa Nostra, uh-huh. and um, the FBI came to use that as the term for the Italian Mafia, adding "la," so it means the our way. Yeah, the American is what the, the American FBI mafia. came up with. Yeah, the Italian Mafia in the United States, but it stuck, right? Yeah, big when guy. the FBI labels you, that label sticks. Yeah, and "la Cosa Nostra," like you said describes the American Mafia, which is one of the five Italian Mafia groups in the world today. Bam. <laughs> I got a friend named Blasfeld. We call him Blas, and I, I call him La, La Blasa Nostra. It's <laughs> a good nickname, I think. It is very. La Blasa Nostra. Uh, there's some other terms we're going to throw about here. Uh, the uh, Almerta. <laughs> I, I did look up how to pronounce some of these, actually. The Almerta is the uh, the code of silence. Really? That's how you pronounce it? Yeah, ta is the uh, emphasis is on ta. Uh, <laughs> a made man is someone who has uh, been, you know, inducted into the mafia family. Yeah. A capo originally was the head of the family in Sicily, but now they are lieutenants. Yeah. In the mafia. 
then the family, of course, is the gang within the mafia, like the family is uh, each individual gang. And then, of course, the wise guys. Well, let's, let's break down the hierarchy, right? We're talking family is a gang within the mafia. Yes. And there can be usually, say, anywhere from 10 to 100, which strikes me as an incredibly arbitrary n- number. Yeah. But there are different families within a mafia. Yeah. And if you're talking about the Sicilian mafia, there's there's a lot of families there. Oh, yeah. A lot of families in the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. Um and beneath the in the hierarchy, beneath the family, each family is, is headed by a boss, right? A don, a don, or a boss. Then don. you've got the underboss, yeah, possibly more than one, but usually just one. Uh, the boss's right hand man, yeah. Sometimes the underboss uh, makes his own decisions based on the you know the family way. Sometimes the underboss will go to the boss, say, "What should I do, boss?" Then. Travel down to the lieutenants and let them know. And you know, Chuck, as I was reading this and reading about the structure of the mafia organization, uh-huh. it, it occurred to me that like the, a lot of this mirrors management and organizational styles found in corporations. That's why they call it organized crime. It is. It is very much like, okay, so you have a boss who's real hands-on. Yeah. The underboss is going to probably not be very, uh, not be empowered. Just like in as a company, sure. right? Yeah. If, if you have a hands-on manager, the supervisor right below him is not going to have a lot of power or yeah. authority. True. Right? Okay, well, let's just keep going. The capos are beneath the underboss. They're like lieutenants. Lieutenants, and uh, they will either control a part of the family or maybe a, a geographical area, or maybe they run a certain racket only. Like, I, I just deal in... Uh, prostitution. Prostitution. Illegal say. gambling. Illegal gambling. Right, or it could be like um, Tony owns, you know, everything west of Eleventh Street. Yeah, right. Sure. So that's how the the capo um, capo. That's how the capo uh, <laughs> is it capo really? Yeah. Hats off to you, capo off to you. Because I looked up for like looking three up things. the yeah pronunciation. Uh, but that's how the the what is it? The capo. The capo is defined, right? And I thought about this too, in Goodfellas. Pauly, mm-hmm. as you know, big and important as he seemed, yeah, was just a capo. Was he? He wasn't an underboss. I don't think so. Who was the big daddy in that movie? They never showed. Oh, that's right. Because think about it, like Henry Hill, um, or uh, what is his name, Ray Liotta, Henry, yeah, and uh, Jimmy, and all they were really just soldiers. Yeah, None well, of them were made or H- anything. Henry couldn't be made because remember he couldn't trace his bloodline back to the old country. Right, so he would have been an associate. Yeah, but Joe Pesci was made. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. No, remember what happened to him when he went to go get made? Oh uh, well, he was he was set to be made, right? Because his bloodline was was correct. Yeah, okay, yeah. I see what you mean. So beneath the capos, right? Yeah, are soldiers, uh-huh. and they're the lowest rank and file, lowest level rank and file. Uh, members of the mafia, but they are members. They have be- yeah. been inducted into the family. Young guys who are, are probably trying to make their way up to uh, at least capo. Right. And then you've got associates, which are anybody from an investment banker, an accountant, the accountant in sure. um, Untouchables, uh-huh. he would have been an associate, to like somebody you work with who's good at safe cracking or yeah. hijacking or dealing drugs. Dirty cop. Somebody who works with the mob but Doc isn't worker. a member of the family. Yeah. That's an associate. And Josh, then there's one more very important 
part of the mafia family. Yeah. And there's a couple of ways to pronounce this. The consigliere. I like the, I like it with the hard G. Consigliere. Yeah. (laughs) And that is, uh, if anyone's ever seen the movie Godfather, which you should, um, obviously Robert Duvall is Tom Hagen. If you haven't seen The Godfather, press pause on this podcast. (laughs) Go watch it. Go rent or buy it. Well, well, go buy one and two. Yeah. You need to see both of those. Uh, and, and then come back to this. Yes. Good point. And actually, while you're at it, go watch Goodfellas as well. And Casino. And um, Apocalypse Now. Yeah. <laughs> so Robert Duvall played Tom Hagen, who is the uh, consigliata in uh, The Godfather. And the key here is that they're not a part of the family's hierarchy. They're not a, a, an actual family member they're by blood. They're intentionally not supposed to be. Yeah, because they are supposed to offer outside advice. They're advisors. They're supposed to rule on fairness Rather than vendettas, personal feelings, that kind of thing, they're elected. They're not appointed. Yeah, did you know that? Well, that's ideally how it goes. So ideally, all of these soldiers, the capos, the um, the underboss, the boss, all of these people—I mm-hmm. guess probably not the boss—but um, elect this guy. Yeah. To basically say, I'm going to serve as the tiebreaker, the referee. You probably, know, probably uh, obviously a very trusted, wise person. But the problem is, most of the time, they're just appointed by the boss. Well, yeah, that's what it says. In reality, a lot of times they're appointed. They're not always impartial like they're supposed to be. Yeah. That's the real world mafia. Yeah. Not Tom Hagen in the movies. And Duvall was a great consigliata. He was excellent. He's just a class act. He is. All the way around. Um, There's no head of the mafia. It is not a group. A single organization. It's not like that. It depends. What do you mean? Are you talking about the uh, American Mafia, the Sicilian Mafia? Well, we're the talking mafia as a whole, largely about La Cosa Nostra. So, if we're talking about La Cosa Nostra, there have been times when there were basically a head of the mafia before. I think the '30s, before the five families of New York were really established and defined, uh-huh. there were people who were really running the show or trying to run the show in the country. Oh, for the whole thing? Yeah. yeah. But for the most part, you're absolutely right. It's There's nobody running the head. There's a, a commission, I guess you could say, is the head of the mafia, right? Yeah, we'll get to the commission in a minute. That's good stuff. Uh, when it comes to naming the families, it's not a clear-cut thing. Sometimes it was the region. Uh, in the case of New York, the, the, the main families were kind of accidentally named in uh, the Senate subcommittee testimony of a Joe Valachi in 1962 and 63. Yeah. So once you say it in a subcommittee meeting, then all of a sudden it's sort of the family names kind of stuck. And uh, those names, Josh, you want to go for those? Uh, yeah. There were uh, the Bonanno, uh-huh. Genovese, Gambino, Lucchese, and Profaci. Very good. And some of those have been around before that. Um, I believe the Bonanno family was around for, well, since the 30s. Right. The um, Profaci was around as well. Uh, the Genovese was relatively new. Oh, I'm sorry. In the 30s, it was Scalese, Profaci, Luciano, Gagliano, and Bonanno. Okay. And then in the 60s, when Joe Valachi named them, that was what they were named as. They were named after the most powerful bosses yeah. or their current bosses. Well, yeah, and, and sometimes the family name would be transplanted if they were taken over. Uh, like, it almost happened with the, the Gambinos. When John Gotti took over the Gambino family, Right, they were very close to being called the Gotti family, but Gotti, as everyone knows, was arrested for racketeering. 
thanks to Sammy the Bull Gravano, and he's still behind bars today. So it never became the Gotti family. No, but the Profaci family did become the Colombo crime family. That's right. Yeah. So it does happen. There are changes. Yeah, that's right. But like we said, no hard and fast rules. That's that's the five families of New York. And those are the yes. ones that are most prominent. You don't hear about the Buffalo family or the San Francisco family or the Cleveland family, but these families exist. Oh, yeah. Uh, most of the time, they're named after uh, the city that they're running. Yeah, except in New York, because there were just too many of them. Yeah. You couldn't call it the New York family, because all five of them would be like, well, what about the me? It does happen elsewhere, though. Like, there's the patriarch of crime family. They run New England, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Well, I'll talk about them in a second. All right. Uh, where are we? What should we hit next? There's so much goodness in here. Well, let's just go with the flow. Okay. How do you become a member of the mafia? Let's say you're a um, you're a low level safe cracker, right? Oh, that'd be exciting. Right. Uh-huh. But uh, and you've really proven your worth. You've made a lot of money, and you're like, look, I want to move on up. I like safe cracking, but I also want to run numbers and horses and and that crack kind heads. Of Exactly. Um, I want to become a member of the family. I am Italian. Got to prove that. My father, at least, is Italian. Yeah, most most of the time it's got to be both, but sometimes you can slip by if just the old man is Italian. Which is what kept Henry Hill out of yeah. the mafia. Yeah. Because his father was Irish. That's right. Um, I, I, I want to be inducted. What happens? Well, at a, an induction ceremony, it was really like most induction ceremonies were pretty quiet and secret for a long time. But... As we said, Joe Valachi's testimony in the 60s kind of blew the lid on a lot of this stuff, and this was one of them. Uh, what happens is you sit down at, at, at a table. You get, you're told to get dressed up or get dressed, taken to a private place at your long table. You sit next to the boss. Other mafioso guys are going to be there, recite some oaths, promises of loyalty. Then you got to burn a piece of paper yeah. and hold it. Here's where the Patriarca family comes in. So in 1989, uh-huh. in October, the FBI managed to tap an entire induction ceremony. Mm. And with the card, that piece of paper they talk about, yeah. it's actually an image of a saint. Oh, um, really? It was in like this case? A family may have like a patron saint or whatever. Right. So it's an image of that. And the, the inductee holds it and says something like, well, in the Patriarca family, they were made to say, as burns this saint... So will burn my soul. I enter alive into this organization and leave it dead. And you go, uh, and drop the burning scene, I imagine. I want, yeah, and all of them are thinking probably in the next few years. Right, yeah. <laughs> we'll give you six months. Uh, so, yeah, you burn the thing, hold it in your hand. Is there any kind of, like, feat of strength that you're supposed to hold it till it burns <laughs> your fingers or anything like Not that? Not that I saw. <laughs> uh, a lot of times the, the new soldier is paired with a more experienced dude who is your godfather. Guide you through the whole mafia thing. I did not know that. I, I just thought either. Godfather was like another name for like a capo or a boss or, yeah, or boss. the Don. Yeah. Well, I thought I thought in the Godfather it was Don Corleone was the Godfather, wasn't he? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, the inductee has to say, you know, I'm going to be a they got a pledge for life. Take a drop of blood from the trigger finger. Mm-hmm. Which I love that, obviously. Yeah. And uh, boom, you're a made man. Yeah. Well, some the rumor has it is that you have to prove afterward by taking part in, in a murder is, th- is the long-standing rumor. But. I think it's before induction. Oh, before? Yeah. You, like, you have to show that you're loyal enough to, to kill when ordered to, or at least help out in a killing. Okay. You're loyal. You can keep your mouth shut. You have the stomach for it. Allegedly. Allegedly. We need to say that. We don't want to get sued by the mafia. Uh, and then the final thing you got to do before you can become a made man is you have to face the commission. 
And uh, in the 20s and 30s, we mentioned the commission a second ago, there was so much activity, mob activity going on, that they were recruiting soldiers left and right just yeah. to kind of lay claim to, to bodies and say, well, we've got all these guys. And it became confusing. A guy could infiltrate and assassinate pretty easily. So they literally formed a commission that's like, all right, you got a, it's like a registry almost. So remember I was saying like there were heads of the mafia like in the U.S. Yeah. There were people vying for it, and this is what was creating this hugely violent point in mafia history, right? Yeah. So not only that, Chuck, it was prohibition as well. Oh, uh, well, that was a huge time for the mafia. It, it very much was, right? So there was a lot, a lot of money to be made, an unprecedented amount of money to be made. It was relatively new turf for the Italian mob yeah. in the U.S. Mm-hmm. They'd only been here for like maybe 30, 40 years, right? Right. Um, and the uh, there is a lot of wars going on. And the guy who basically brought order to all this chaos through murder and structure was Lucky Luciano. Yeah, he was the one that had the idea for the commission. And he also murdered the two guys who were like the rivals for the boss of bosses and then set up the five families. Now, did he... The commission is different... No, the commission's the same as as, yeah. as the committee meetings, right? Yes. That's the same thing. Okay. Yeah, well, they grew out of the committee meetings. Okay. So the commission, you got to register. That's the last thing you have to do is literally be like, all right, my name is uh, Josh, the, the, the I, Clark. No, it's Josh Minnesota Fats Clark. Minnesota Fats Clark, and I'm with the Gambino family, and I live in Bayonne, New Jersey. And uh, so I like to roller skate and <laughs> yeah. long walks on the beach at night. And drown people with my bare hands. <laughs> <laughs> right. So... um. You can finally you're a made man. You're in the commission. You're registered. You're the dude. Right. Well, the commission passes you. They say that's okay. You, well, well, this guy's okay with me to be in your family, because part of the reason of passing lists of prospective members around is it weeds out guys who another family has a beef with. Yeah. Who, if it becomes part of your family, that's going to lead to war. Yeah. You don't want that to happen. Plus, it brings them out of anonymity. Sure. So that they can't just walk up and shoot somebody in the face. Right, right, right. Because you can't do that unless you're made. Right. Right? Well, this is good stuff. It is. It's just amazing. <laughs> Middle class white dudes like us are fascinated by the mafia. <laughs> We're all, we all want to be in the mafia. Mafia, Delta Force, so. Uh, so let's talk about how the mafia makes money. Because that's what the mafia is. Let's, I mean, let's get real. The mafia is there to make money. And... Uh, they have a history of doing it through illegal means. Otherwise, they wouldn't be the mafia. They'd just be corporations. Right? <laughs> one of the ways, one of the classic ways you'll see in movies, which is actually a very real thing, is extortion, protection fees. Right. Happens all the time. Or it did happen. I imagine it still does in some cases. Still does. Jerry was telling us about a kid in Guatemala who's, who was killed because his uh, family couldn't pay a protection Oh, was that why? Oh, man, that's awful. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize that was a reason. So, you know, that's the scene from the movie where they go into the, and rough up the shop owner and say, yeah. you got to pay for protection, basically, to protect you from us. Right. Is sort of what it boils down to. Yeah. Although I imagine sometimes it might have been some legitimate protections. But I the impression I have of it is like, yeah, they're saying if you don't pay, right. then you're not going to be protected from us. But I think if you do pay, you kind of enter into this fold where other people can't mess with you and if they do you can go to the capo yeah. or whoever's running the show that you're paying tribute to right um and and say i've got this problem i need you to take care of like i think it gives you access if you're like a, right. a regular paying person and we'll see when we talk about mafia history how closely this mirrors yeah. you know 
Sicily right. in the, under the feudal system, any feudal system, really. Well, remember in The Departed when Leo just went house on those two guys that were extorting the, the, the shop owner? And he thought he did this guy a favor, and then the shop owner was all ticked off afterward. He's like, thanks a lot, man. You know, you, you brought down this a reign of terror on me. Oh, that's right. He, he like, killed the... He didn't kill him, but he mutilated their faces in the shop. Um, that was such a good movie. It was. It was great. So, alcohol, we talked about prohibition, illegal drugs, prostitution, gambling. Those are extortion. And that's just the illegal stuff. Yeah. They can also... They also managed to make money off stuff that would otherwise be illegal if they hadn't hijacked it. Or would otherwise be legal, I mean. Yeah, like importing and exporting, stuff like that. Uh, who, stealing things that other people import and export. Well, that's what I mean. But Gotti was like, was he the one that was into women's apparel? <laughs> that man had taste. I wonder if we're, that's, they probably modeled that De Niro thing at the end on him. The end of Goodfellas where De Niro has the, the ladies clothing warehouse. Yeah, yeah. I bet that was on Gotti. But I don't know if it was because I think Jimmy was an actual person. Because that was all Henry Hill, like real life stuff. Yeah, but they could have borrowed who knows or maybe whoever he was based on was into women's clothing too. maybe so so like you said they, they want to make lots of money so while there are like muggings and stupid things like that they generally would rather hijack a boat and pay off a dock worker right or steal a, a semi truck full of cigarettes instead of knocking off a store or something like that they want the big dough right or they could say uh i don't know infiltrate a labor union and yeah. threaten to have their workers slow or stop construction if they don't get additional money. Yeah. That happened in New York for decades. The mafia infiltrated the Teamsters Union specifically. And they said in this article at one point, the mafia could have nearly brought all construction and shipping into the U.S. to a halt if they wanted to. That was thanks in large part to a guy named Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. Who actually, it turned out, you know, he was a labor organizer in the 30s. And that was like when the cops used to crack the heads of labor organizers on behalf yeah. of guys like Henry Ford, mm-hmm. right? Um, so he was like the real deal, but he was also super crooked, too. Yeah, he's buried in Oakland Cemetery right here in Atlanta. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> no. He's famous for not knowing where he was buried, remember? Really? Yeah, he, he disappeared. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> he, well, the rumor was he's buried under Giant Stadium in the yeah, end zone. I've heard that one before, too. But you know, you know, they finally pinched him, and he went to prison for a while. He did. And Nixon pardoned him, supposedly because Hoffa, the Teamsters, and like a bunch of gangsters, uh, like gave a lot of money to Nixon's um, campaign. Interesting. That's allegedly. They had um, a lot of sway, that's for sure. But Hoffa gets out and starts campaigning for prison reform. Five years after that, four years after that, he goes to lunch in Michigan, never seen from again, is declared legally dead in 1983. But he was the head of the Teamsters. Yeah, yeah. But he was finally pinched for fraud. And the whole point of being, of controlling a labor union was Uh you controlled labor, but you also had access to their pension, which everybody was paying into. Well, yeah, they a lot with that. They used the pension to underwrite huge contracts in Vegas at one point too. Yeah, until until the seventies. Yeah. All right, we're getting all that. Uh, Let's go back to the history. You were talking about how it mirrored Sicily, and I think that's one of the most fascinating parts about this. So go. Yeah, because extortion is another way of extracting tribute. It's another way of saying extracting tribute, right? Mm -hmm. In Sicily, Sicily lived under the feudal system long after the rest of Europe looked at other forms of governance, right? And the feudal system is basically like, I'm a landowner, I control all this land, uh, but I can't possibly work all of it. I'll let you guys live on this land, I'll let you live, and you give me some of your grain. 
Yeah. <laughs> most of your green, however much of your green I want. That was an early model for what the mafia did. Right. And if you don't do this, I'm going to have this other class of society, basically my foot soldiers, kill you right. or kill your wife or whatever until you do what I want you to. That's the feudal system. Yeah. And the reason that Sicily was kind of the birthplace, not kind of, was the birth birthplace of the mafia was because Sicily is out there in the mid. It's very accessible. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it was uh, invaded a lot. It's very strategic. Controlled by a lot of different people over the years. And that led to instability such that the people of Sicily didn't look to, and sometimes it was just lawlessness. Yeah. But they, regardless, even if there were laws, they didn't look to the state to solve their problems. It became very much a family thing. A local thing. Yeah, you solved it locally. Your family took care of business. They took care of things outside the law. And that kind of is what birthed the mafia. So basically, you can look at that capo's territory or the capo's racket yeah. as the land, the feudal land. The capo is the feudal lord, right? Yeah. And and it, it mirrors it almost identically. There's extortion. There's tribute. Um, there's, there's the threat of violence. Mm-hmm. There's the use of violence. All of it is based out of this feudal system that collapsed in the 19th century in Sicily, but was immediately replaced after this bout of lawlessness by the mafia following pretty much the same thing. Right. And then they came to America. Then they came to, well, yeah, this is actually interesting how this happened too. And uh, Mussolini had a big crackdown on the mafia. It was very harsh on the mafia. Right. Put a lot of them in prison. And then (laughs) the U.S. troops occupy Sicily during World War II they thought a lot of these jailed people were political prisoners. Right. So not only did they set a lot of them free, they made them mayors and police chiefs. Yeah. And that was they were like, hey, I really appreciate that. Yeah. We're back on the streets now. Thanks for quashing Mussolini. We're in more control than we ever were. Yeah, who was a real thorn in our side for a long time. So uh, in the post-war uh, Sicily, there was uh, a group, there was a ceasefire because there was so much warring going on right. within the families. And they, they formed the Capola. And the the Capola basically oversaw all of the families. It's and, the commission. Yeah, it's the, an early version of the commission. Right. That would happen years later. And um, the American mafia, the tactics that La Cosa Nostra uses um, mirrors the Sicilian mafia in a lot of ways, like recruiting young guys yeah. to like do the dirty work and eventually inducting them. Mm-hmm. Um, the the whole extracting tribute in the form of extortion the omerta the code of silence right um the, yeah the whole lifestyle of the mobster ref, is reflected in Sicily right yeah so it's the birthplace yeah and it was going pretty well in Sicily until the eighties nineteen eighties so not even that long ago and uh, they had a big trial called the Maxi trial right because uh, the the government went after the Sicilian mafia. And the Sicilian Mafia was like, okay, well, these two big prosecutors that are coming after us are both going to die in car bombs. Right. And I think they underestimated the response of the public, which turned against them. Yeah, big time. So yeah, they had this maxi trial, which they built a special courthouse, which is essentially a bunker. Yeah, it was a bomb to shelter. To try 400 Sicilian mobsters. And I think 300, 338 were found guilty. I got a different number. I got 360 convictions. Nice. It was a two-year trial. They had three judges. They had one judge and two alternates that literally sat in on the whole trial just in case something happened to the one judge, yeah. like a car bomb. Right. They wouldn't have to start all over to declare a mistrial. The second one would step up. Somebody killed the second guy. The third guy would step up. Wow. Nothing happened to the first guy. He made it all the way through. I can't believe that. I know. Um, 114 acquittals. Out of the 114 acquittals, 18 of them were murdered. One of them was murdered 
within an hour of leaving the courtroom on the way home. Wow. Supposedly he was going to like a, a surprise, or not a surprise party, but like a, a celebration, I got acquitted party. And then, uh. <laughs> those are, those are good parties. He got offed. And then, uh, a lot of successful appeals after that with the Maxi trial. And what I got is only 60, by 1989, only 60 of the original 360 remained in prison. Wow. So. The maxi trial kind of turned out to be the mini trial in the end. So it's not surprised that it's no surprise that the uh, maxi trial didn't get rid of the Sicilian mafia. No. In 1992, the Italian government sent 7,000 troops to occupy Sicily for six years. Crazy. And that apparently worked. According to this article, they uh, the the Sicilian mafia is still around, but is less violent than it was before. I didn't know it was that recent. You know, I didn't either. The, the it's kind of like nineties. Um, Ciudad uh, Juarez. Sweet odd. I don't know that guy. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever felt dumber, by the way, in a podcast. I should have had that cut out, but I was like, eh. It was, it was, um, endearing. This is me. It's endearing. Warts and all. Uh, the American Mafia, Josh, uh, like Sicilian, Cosa Nostra, you mean? Yeah, the, the um, Italians and Sicilians came, uh, to the United States in the 1800s, big time in the 20th century. Most of these were just regular folks, not mafia, starting a good, honest life here. Nice. Some of them worked. Uh, in, in New Orleans specifically, the first, um, I guess mafia incident, Italian mafia incident in the country happened, right? In the 1890s. There was, um, a, a mobster, well, there was a, there was a group, a family, uh, that was basically getting heat from the local police chief, so they offed him, right? Yeah. And at trial, this, this, uh, mafia family was, they well, they all got off basically from blatantly bribing and uh, intimidating witnesses, and uh, the people of New Orleans did not like this, so they actually um, formed a lynch mob and went and killed sixteen of these these mobsters. Yeah, and that was the first mafia. The, that was the United States' introduction to the Italian mob. Crazy, and they were defeated by yeah. Nola. Yeah, look at him go. At least temporarily. Who knows what happened after that? Uh, so first half of the 20th century in New York City is where a lot of it's happening because a lot of the immigrants poured into there, obviously. Uh, you had the five families. You had prohibition making everybody rich. You had bosses and underbosses getting killed, like, monthly. Yeah, the Lucceses, right? They went through three three bosses in 1930 in one year. Yeah. Three different bosses. This is the time when Lucky Luciano was killing everybody to basically set up this structure, this organization. And he defined the five families. And that's... Like, literally, he's like, this, yeah. is, this is the name of your family. This is who you are. This is this, this, and this. There's five families. Al Capone in Chicago, and then the Buffalo family. And that's the commission. The Buffalo family. I love that. Yeah. And uh, the way they describe it here is they were basically kind of like senators. So Al Capone represented, like, all of the West Coast. Yeah. Because he was, you know, the closest one, obviously. And uh, they had to, you know, the commission had to approve things. Assassinations, kidnappings, big money uh, deals that had to all go through the commission. And they had meetings every five years. Every five years. Committee. And probably the most famous meeting of all time was their 1957 meeting in Appalachian uh, on the New York-Pennsylvania border. And apparently this state trooper... Was a little suspicious of the um, scores of Lincoln Town cars. <laughs> yeah, wise guys who were showing up. So he himself led a raid 
on the mobster convention. And basically, this is a time when the public and the government denied that there was such a thing as mafia. It was the 1950s. This, it seems like second nature now because of all the, the popular culture stuff, but it was long before any of that. Right, but not only that, it seems it seems obvious now because of the Appalachian raid. It oh, was, yeah. It, it was basically tantamount to us raiding a convention of ghosts and being like, <laughs> oh, okay, well, there really are ghosts, right? It's pretty much the same thing. It, it brought the mafia undeniably into the light, and there really was mafia, and here's all their leaders. Right. You know? I just try to... I like the ghost convention. Thanks. I'd like to go to that. Uh, should we talk about... Vegas for a minute, or Kennedy first? Either one. All right, let's go with Kennedy. Okay. Everyone knows that John F. Kennedy, everyone has long associated him with the mafia. Yeah. Partially because his dad, Joe, was a alleged uh, bootlegger during Prohibition. Yeah. Involved with the mob, obviously, if you're bootlegging in that part of the country. And uh, also had connections to people like Meyer Lansky. Who was a friend of uh, Lucky Luciano's. Yeah, Ben Kingsley. You saw Bugsy, right? Mm-hmm. Great movie. Uh, one of the other uh, things that happened was JFK was assassinated, and Jack Ruby, what? Really? <laughs> Jack Ruby killed Lee Harvey Oswald, who uh, allegedly assassinated Kennedy. Ruby was an associate. He was a mob associate, so there's that tie. Uh, other people say that uh, the mafia didn't like Castro kicking them out of the Cuban casino business. Right. So they think the Bay of Pigs may have had something to do with the mafia. Yeah, because Kennedy didn't call in an airstrike That's right. on Havana. Uh, Robert Kennedy went after the mafia. He died by an assassin's bullet. Yep. I've stood at that very spot. Have you really? Yeah. In the kitchen. What was the deal with Sirhan Sirhan? I don't know. Isn't that weird? Yeah, we need to look all that stuff up. Let's do That'd it. That'd be a good podcast. And, and then... And, well, the girlfriends. Go ahead. Yeah. Sam Giancana. He was a yeah. pretty cool dude as far as the mafia bosses go. He uh, supposedly set JFK up with all sorts of girlfriends, including Marilyn Monroe, so he could record and yeah. basically get dirt on the president. Allegedly. So um, they think that Marilyn Monroe possibly was murdered by hitmen that Giancana had hired. Mm-hmm. And... Giancana was going to testify about the Kennedy connection to the mob, and he gets murdered. Yeah. Which basically just goes to show you that it's all mafia. <laughs> right. Whether they're Italian, legitimate, whatever, it's all mafia. Right. So those are all the alleged links to, to John F. Kennedy, former president of the United States. Uh, then there's the Vegas connection. Um, you know, Vegas was, was kind of started by, by uh, Bugsy. Siegel. Yeah, it was the Jewish mobsters that were the first out to Vegas. Yeah, and then once it was set up, the gambling was happening legally for the first time. They're already running casinos, illegal casinos all over the country. Yeah. But all of a sudden, you got this haven in the desert. It's legal where you can go out there and do it for real. So the the you know they got in on the action. So the uh, the one of the ways the Italian mob got in was through their um, leveraging of pensions, right? Like you said, uh, Teamsters labor union pensions. Uh, to underwrite casinos. Yeah, a lot were, of construction going on. Exactly. And, or they would just basically show up and be like, I'm your partner now. Right. Like Pesci showed up in Casino, which I thought was every bit as good as Goodfellas. I know people don't agree with that, but mm-hmm. I thought Casino was terrific. It was a good movie, but it was not as good as, as Goodfellas. I'm giving it a slight tier two. 
But I love I love Casino. I thought it was great. Sharon Stone, good stuff in that one. I thought she screwed that up. Really? She did. I mean, she was a great actress. I think her character got too much um, emphasis in that movie. Yeah, I liked uh, James Woods in that slime ball for an ex boyfriend. God, he was slimy. Yeah. Uh, since the seventies, though, the the Vegas has supposedly been pretty clean. Supposedly, and I, I think it actually is. I think it's one of those ones where it's not like, yeah, it's clean, wink, wink. Right. Like I think it actually is pretty clean. Well, there's probably too much money at stake now. Yeah. You don't want to lose your gambling license if you're uh, the Palms. You know. Yeah. It's no good. Or Steve Wynn. Or Steve Wynn. Uh, how can we fight the mafia? How do we fight the mafia? Well, Chuck. We fight the mafia through a little law that was passed in 1970 specifically to be used against the mafia called RICO. Yeah, they invented a charge. Yeah, in the United States. Very code. smartly invented a charge. Um, it's called the Racketeering Influence and Corrupt Organizations Act, the RICO Act, which is Title 18 in the United States Code, sections 1961 mm-hmm. to 1968. Just off the top of my head. Right. And um, basically, it's it's set up so that you can go after an entire criminal enterprise. And a, a RICO, the RICO Act has just about any felony associated with it. Uh-huh. But they have to be carried out by this enterprise to, I think, two felonies within a 15-year period. After <laughs> that, yeah. right. And if it's the mafia, they're going to... You're going to break right. two laws, like, you know, within 15 years. So that counts as racketeering. If two or more illegal acts happen, then they say that's an organized right. family crime. Right, because a racket is, you know, these different types of illegal activities that the mafia used to make money. Racketeering is this enterprise, right? Yeah. It's and that, the act of, make, of sure. doing that. So what they can do is not only can they uh, attack a racketeering charge on, which will give you extra time in addition to your crime, other mm-hmm. crimes. Mm-hmm. Like unloading the truck of cigarettes. Right. It, uh, it accomplished a very important thing in that the mafia boss could no longer sit behind a veil of safety because they're not the trigger man. Right. All of a sudden, John Gotti can be brought up in racketeering charges. And that's even if they can't pin an order for the murder on the boss. Because one of the things about the cupola mm-hmm. and the commission uh, was that it, it, it brought peace to the mafia. Among the families, but it also exposed the bosses because they were the ones who were approving murders right. and stuff. Now, right? Right. This with with the uh, RICO Act, I think you don't have to. You don't have. You just have to say this guy is the boss of this organization, and this is so what they do. Everything flows up to him. Anything right. we can pin on any other member mm-hmm. can be pinned on the boss. And like you said, it adds. It's not just bribery. It's bribery plus 10 years because it was bribery in the context of racketeering. Right. It's a huge law. But the um, the interesting thing to me is they almost never use it for mafia anymore. It's oh, all really? for corporations. Oh, interesting. Corporate racketeering. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. That's what I say. Trump up some charges. <laughs> you can you can also go, uh, that's kind of what it is. They created a law so they could trump up charges, right? Right, uh-huh. Uh, you can also go undercover like one Joe Pistone did. Yeah, the movie, the great movie Donnie Brasco told his story pretty well. Yeah. He was undercover for what, six years? Yes. Like deep undercover. Yeah. Scarily undercover. Yeah. To the point where even when he came out in trial, uh, testifying against people, some of the mob guys were like, uh, how's he going to turn it against us like that? Yeah, they thought he was a rat. <laughs> yeah, they still didn't think he was a cop, even though he's on the stand saying, I'm a cop. Yeah, I'm FBI. Yeah. 
Donnie Brasco. Look for it in uh, theaters near you. <laughs> In 1992. Who's that? Pacino was the... Uh, no, it was... Uh, it was Johnny yeah, Depp and Pacino. Pacino. And I'm sorry, I thought you meant... I, I thought of Pesci when you said Pacino. And Johnny Depp, yeah. One man's Pesci is another man's Pacino. That's the old that's saying. That's true. No? That's like one man's casino is another man's Goodfellas. That's one man's true. Madden is another man's Musburger? Maybe. Okay. Uh, that's the mafia. There's so much there. So much Like, there. this was the structure... Bare bones, very little flesh on it, just because there's so much to it. We could probably this could be part one in a series of ten. Mm-hmm. Maybe We'd it get will be snuffed out before the tenth, though. Probably. I, I think we were respectful. I think so too. Were we? Hey, man. I mean, if we weren't, just send us an email. Yeah. Don't shoot us. No, please. So, Chuck, that's it. That's it. All right. If you want to know more about mafia, uh, including a chart of the structure of a typical Sicilian Mafia family or La Cosa Nostra family, just type in Mafia in the handy search bar at HowStuffWorks.com, which means it's time now for listener mail. And for God's sakes, see The Godfather 1 and 2. And Goodfellas. And Goodfellas and Casino and Donnie Brasco. And uh, My Blue Heaven. That's a good one. And you can watch Godfather 3. I'm a proponent of it, even though most people poo-poo it. Just take Sofia Coppola with a grain of salt and realize that she had uh, she's a brilliant director in the making and not a great actor. She's already a brilliant director. Not when she made Godfather Three, she wouldn't. She made that movie. I thought she was no, just in no, it. no. That's what I'm saying. She was in it and was a very poor oh, gotcha, actor. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. She went on to become a great director. After okay, that. Okay. okay. So I'm going to call this. Uh, we asked for sinking ship stories. Got a couple that were okay, but our best one was an airplane falling out of the sky story. Okay. Uh, hi, guys. I know you called for sinking boat stories, but I hope you'll consider this falling airplane story. In fall of 07, my boyfriend and I were coming home to the U.S. after he had played some concerts in Germany. Was he in the Scorpions? I don't know. This might be Hasselhoff. Uh, the flight departed Cologne in the morning. We had been in the air for a couple of hours when suddenly we felt something akin to very violent turbulence. The plane dropped, by alti- uh, dropped in altitude by a lot, enough to make me feel like the bottom of my stomach had fallen out like a roller coaster. Uh, the plane momentarily righted. The captain got on the intercom, said there was a uh, there was some difficulties. The next few minutes felt like ages. The plane alternately banked from side to side, lost more altitude, and shook some more. Lights flickered on and off. The captain announced there was a fire in the first-class cabin, and it didn't help that he sounded panicked and was nearly screaming. <laughs> we were sitting uh, in the back row, which, as we know, is... Not proven, but it's probably one of the best places to be if your plane is going to crash. A flight attendant ran to our row and threw open the overhead compartment. Looking for something, she hollered, Oh my God, there's only one. (laughs) She said, Only one what? We never found out. Uh, The lights went out for a longer period. That's when we noticed that the oxygen mask had deployed, but only for seats on the other side of the plane. Our entire side did not have oxygen masks deployed. My boyfriend was to my right, an elder Russian woman on my left. I was, <laughs> I was squeezing both of their hands and trying to stay calm. The Russian woman had both of her eyes closed. She was rocking back and forth and speaking softly under her voice. Uh, suddenly, the ground was coming very fast. We had miraculously hit the runway at Shannon Airport in Ireland, but we hit it hard because of the weight of all the fuel that was intended to, in, intended to fly us to Newark. The plane bounced a couple of times on the miscovered runway, lost all of electrical power, Air circulation uh, shut down, and we were towed to the gate. There were a lot of tears, prayers, and shaken up people 
and uh, the airplane doors were eventually hand-cranked open, and we deplaned. That is from Ariadne and Carrie, the boyfriend. Wow. Sinking ship, who cares? Would you ever get on a plane again if something like that happened to you? Uh, these days, yes. You would, because you've kind of overcome that yeah. to a large degree? Yeah, um, but with... Uh, well, I've gotten to the point now where I, I can I just sit there and look out the window and make myself watch take off and landing. Really? Um, and I'm usually pretty good. Well, we fly a lot now. I quit smoking, and I got over my fear of flying. Did you... you You've made so many changes since I've known you, buddy. Look at you. I can run two miles at a stretch now, too. That's impressive. Yeah. Onward and upward. Onward and upward. If you have a story about a mailman you hated or who hated you. Or mafia stuff. Okay, all right. We'll go with that one, then. If you have a story about the mafia, we want to hear it. We want you to wrap it up in an email and send it to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. To learn more about the podcast, click on the podcast icon in the upper right corner of our homepage. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?